0: and just preparing my heart to minister to you, the Spirit of God reminded me that I have lived most of my life in the sunshine of God's love and God's grace. Most of my life. I came to know the Lord just before my 24th birthday. I have tasted and experienced the goodness And the loving kindness of our Heavenly Father. I have experienced and tasted His mercy. And this is my testimony today that God, our Heavenly Father, is altogether good. Can you say amen to that? He is good, altogether good. He is loving. And He is kind to all, both sinners and saints alike. Amen? Amen. The Bible says that He causes His Son to shine on the just and on the unjust and makes no difference. And He gives rain not only to saints but also to sinners... And you can see the, the heart of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God that is being poured upon all. And I've also realized this, that the choices we make will determine the kind of life we will have and the future we will have. And of course the path that we will walk on. Amen? Either with Jesus into an eternity of hope and love and grace, or into an eternity of separation from His loving presence. I realize that God does not send anyone to hell. Hell was not created for mankind. It was created for the devil and his angels. It is not the will of God, nor the heart of God, and He does not. And so often, many accuse God of things that He is not responsible for. He does not send anyone to hell. We sent ourselves into an eternity of hell as a result of our own choices. And the decisions we make, primarily the one and only decision. To reject Jesus. That's the sin that there is no forgiveness for. Rejecting Jesus Christ and His salvation. Did you know that? That's the only sin that we will give an account of. And those who reject Jesus. Because the Lord on that very day will ask every single human being, What have you done with my son? Rejecting Jesus and His offer of forgiveness and salvation. Amen. And I've realized this more than ever before. His grace and His mercy is available to all mankind. To every single one of us. The choice is ours to receive it or to reject it. Amen. Forgiveness and salvation has been offered freely, the Bible says, to all who believe in Jesus Christ. Did you know that? Blessed are those who receive it by faith and walk in it, fully experiencing the forgiveness of the Lord and His loving kindness. Here's a question. Why is it that so many in the world that we live in In the sphere that you walk in and work every single day, why is it that so many continue to live without these wonderful blessings? Have you ever asked that question? If it's available, if His blessings are available to all, why is it that so many continue to live without them? Why so many continue to struggle under the weight of sin, under the weight of guilt and shame and condemnation. And there is only one answer to that. Because they do not know the truth. It is just as simple as that. They do not know the truth. It is the knowledge of truth that sets us free. Amen? It's the truth that you know that sets you free. Jesus said so. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. The knowledge of what's been done on our behalf through Christ breaks the shackles of sin and death. Just as simple as that. Paul the Apostle asked the same question, but he also answered it. In Romans chapter 7, he said, "O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And he answers that question. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it is through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ that we are set free from the bondage of sin and shame and experience the blessings of forgiveness, of grace and mercy. And the Bible says there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. There is no other way. There is no other plan that God has for humanity. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. Outside of Jesus, there is no way, there is no life, and there is no truth. Amen? That's God's plan for humanity. Amen? Praise the Lord. No matter how dark our life might be, folks, there is always hope in Jesus. He will take your darkness and drown it in His glorious light. He will take your brokenness and put you together, made whole. Amen. He will take your hurt and your pain and wipe it all away and leave no trace of it. He can do all of that. And I'm not just sharing this because I've read it in the Bible, it's because I've experienced it. And I just wanted to give you this testimony today that our God is a good God. Our God is a good God, He's altogether good. John says there is no badness, there is no darkness in him. He is light, he is love, he is kind, he is merciful, and he is gracious. And we should be asking, how should we help those that are still in the chains of sin and darkness? There's only one way. Help them to see the truth lovingly. Don't judge them. So often we have this judgmental attitude toward those that do not know the Lord as though we are any better than them. The only good thing that we have in us is Jesus Christ. Amen? By lovingly helping them to receive the revelation of what's been done for them and helping them to receive and accept that by faith. That's as simple as that. Amen? That's not my teaching today. That's why I asked Michael, Michael, give me a bit more time. Uh, I have a little bit more to share today. Now I'm going to give you a teaching. And I'm going to continue on the same theme that I was last Sunday. You remember the theme? You should be because we've been on this theme now for I don't know how many Sundays. Making room for God making room for God. Last week I shared with you how I made room for God through my obedience. And we talked about that obedience to the instructions the Lord gives us, either to the Spirit or to the written Word, make lots of room for God to work in your life. Amen? Just simply obey Him. Do what He says. You remember the mother of Jesus when they ran out of wine? You remember what he said to the servants? He said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's where we get the Nike from. Just do it. (laughs) They stole that from the Bible. And the Greek language. Just do it. Whatever he tells you, do it. And so I'm telling you today, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Then you make lots of room for God to work in your life. Amen? Uh, Today, I want to share one of the most profound principles that I have discovered very early on in my Christian walk that makes lots of room for God to work in your life. Do you know what that is? It is the principle of what I like to call faith-filled declarations. Speaking words of faith God's spoken word in faith makes room for God to work in any given situation. And sometimes all we need to do is just speak a word in faith. Remember what the centurion said to the Lord? I'm not worthy that you should come to my house, Lord. I have a need, my servant is... Is, 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 is being troubled, is suffering with palsy, but you don't have to come to my house. All you need to do is just speak the word, my servant will be healed. Jesus marveled at this man's great faith. And all you and I need to do very often is not pray long and cry long and beg God long, just speak the word of God in faith and watch him go to work. I have seen that many times work in my own life. Just speak the word. Amen. Praise God. God speaking through Jeremiah in the Old Covenant, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, and I want you to put that on the board. I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, or God said through Jeremiah, I am alert and active watching over my word to perform it. I am alert. This is God speaking to you. I am alert and active, and I'm watching over my word to perform it, or to bring it to pass, or to fulfill it in your life. And that's what God does. He's not watching over our good intentions... He's not watching over our thoughts. He's not even watching over your prayers. Because you may pray contrary to the will of God. But he is watching over the word of God, his word, to bring it to pass in your own life. And if God isn't doing anything in your life, that means you haven't given him any word to fulfill. You haven't spoken His Word over your life, over your family, over your children, over your grandchildren. You want God to work? You want God to, to do great and wonderful things in your life and in the life of your loved ones? You have to give Him something to work with. And God honors His Word far above all. And He watches, He says. I'm watching. To do what? To fulfill The word that I have spoken over your life. But me speaking it over your life is not enough. You're going to have to believe it and speak it also. Amen? Praise God. So whenever and wherever God's word is spoken by whosoever in faith, the Bible says he is present in that word to bring it to pass. In John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, we read, In the beginning was the Word. Right from the beginning. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We have God living within us. He's not very far from us, Romans says. You don't have to go up to heaven to bring Him down. And you don't have to descend into hell to bring him up. The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. Notice it says first it's in your mouth and then it's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we speak. Where is God? He's in his word. And the grace and the mercy of God has freely given us his word. You want God to work? Start speaking. Say what He says. And believe it from your heart. And you will have it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That tells me that God Almighty, all of the power, all of the presence, all of the love, all of the grace of God is embodied In Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the living Word of God. David learned this principle from a very young age. Very young age. And he practiced it. You remember when he faced Goliath on the battlefield... He was just a young boy, 16, 17 years old, but he learned the secret of making room for God to work in his life by speaking words of faith. We see him in action. And let's see how he did it in the first book of Samuel, chapter 17. Would you put that up, please? I want us to read it together. I'm going to give you quite a bit of Scripture today. You can study it also in your own time and meditate on it. The Bible says that David ran towards this huge giant. But he ran speaking. And listen to what David said. And David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day, listen to this young boy's faith speaking. And this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and He will give you into our hands. What? a confession of faith facing this huge giant and running towards him. 16, 17 years of age. Oh, that we would have such faith today. And we would speak to situations. And we would speak to our mountains. And we would speak to our sicknesses and diseases. And we would speak to those things that come against us and enslave us. And we would see God do great and marvelous things in our lives. And you will notice in that very chapter, and I encourage you to read the whole chapter, throughout the chapter, David repeatedly Not just once. Repeatedly spoke and said what he was going to do. Speaking with King Saul. David said, again, put that up please. 1 Samuel 17, 34. But David said to Saul, now he's speaking to Saul, never mind to Goliath. And he says, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, notice how many times the Scripture records David speaking and saying. You know, so often we emphasize the believing and we neglect to emphasize the speaking part. But it's also important that we not only believe, but we say what we believe. The Bible says that Jesus is not only the high priest of our confession, but he's also the apostle of our confession. You know, the Greek word for apostle is one who is sent on behalf of others. Jesus is sent out on behalf of your faith confession. Confession. Did you know that? Have you realized that? He's the apostle of our confession of faith. Amen? Wow. That is a tremendous revelation. I pray that it will sink deep down into your heart and you will watch what you say. If we don't speak words of faith and what God said about you and about us and about the church and about your neighbor and about your husband and about your wife, he has nothing to, do to work on, nothing to accomplish. Amen. So David, repeatedly, he's speaking. That's his faith speaking. Amen. He gives a voice To what he believes. Too many of us are giving voices to fear and doubt and unbelief. And we got to cut that out, folks. You cannot live this way and expect God to work for you or in you or around you. You will sit in church all your life and you will see nothing happening. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And finally Saul was convinced. And he said to him, Go, and the Lord be with you. You will also notice in that chapter that Goliath also spoke. But David's words prevailed over Goliath's words because Goliath came against him with fear, with javelin and a spear, but David came with the name of the Lord of hosts. Amen. Amen. Folks, I wish that God would open our eyes for just five minutes to see the incredible warfare that is going on in the realm of the Spirit how the forces of light against the forces of darkness are engaged constantly over the souls of men and women. But the angels of light need something to work with. They need our faith. They need our words. Your faith-filled words are the fuel that gives them that ability and that power and that strength to fight the enemies of your soul. Amen. Whenever I get into my car, unconsciously, I say, Lord, thank you for divine protection. I don't ask him for it because he's given it to me already. He said, the angel of the Lord encamps around about those that fear him. Why? To deliver them from all evil. Amen. Amen. No evil shall befall me. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. Why? For God has given His angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. And in my pathway there is life and there is no death. There is no accident. I cannot tell you how many times the Lord delivered, not because I'm a good driver. My wife says I'm a bad driver. But the Lord has kept me and delivered me. I trust him for deliverance. I don't trust my own ability. I trust my guardian angels. And you should do the same. Amen. Amen. When you get into your car, when you go out, put the word of God in your mouth and say, I'm blessed going out, I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed in the city, I'm blessed in the field. I'm the head only and not beneath, not the tail. That is my inheritance as a servant of the Lord. Put that word in your mouth and speak it by faith. No weapon, shall, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up to condemn me, I will judge and condemn. God is not going to judge it. You must judge it. And this is my heritage. Why? Because I am a servant of the Lord. Praise God forevermore. I don't need bodyguards. I have the finest bodyguards the world, the universe has ever seen. I don't know why some of these ministers of the gospel that have a name and a fame, they have the whole entourage of bodyguards walking around them. Why are the angels of the Lord not good enough to take care of you? Amen. Praise God. Goliath spoke, but David's words prevailed over his words. And I've learned this. Listen carefully. I've learned this. And it is the truth. God's word spoken in faith dominates the laws of death. God's word spoken by the mouth of the church dominates the laws of death, the laws of sickness and disease, the laws of destruction. Your word spoken in faith will dominate them, just like David did with Goliath and what he intended to do. Praise God forevermore. For the law, the Bible says, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And you know what? David not only said what he was going to do, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. Amen? So we say it, and then we do it. Praise God. The words he spoke made lots of room for God to work on the battlefield. And God will do the same. The Bible says, for whosoever, don't care who you are, black or white, rich or poor, what nationality you come from, what your background is, educated or uneducated, the Bible says he will do this for whosoever will speak his word in faith. You know who said that? Jesus said that. Mark eleven twenty-three. 23. You put it up on the board, please. Mark eleven twenty-three. 23. This is Jesus speaking. For assuredly I say to you. Another translation says, Verily, verily, I say to you. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things he says will be done, he will have what? He will have whatever he believes. Is that what it says? No. That's not what it says. Come on, are you with me? He will have whatever whatever he says. You notice it doesn't say whatever he believes. He will have whatever he says. What have you been saying? What you've been saying was your faith speaking or your fear speaking or your doubt speaking or your unbelief speaking. Notice that this In this one verse, count, how many times does it say the word says? Can you count them, please? No, the first one is Jesus speaking. (laughs) In that one verse alone, the word says is mentioned three times. And the word believe once. What does that tell you? Is saying more important than believing? No, both are important. But as I said earlier, we emphasize so often the word faith and believing and neglect to emphasize the word saying and speaking. That's what that verse tells me. Sometimes we have this idea that we are waiting on God to move on our behalf, especially after we prayed. But that's not scriptural. Yes, we can pray. But the Bible says God is waiting on us to rise up in the power of the Spirit and declare by faith the word of the Lord and the will of God in any given situation. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come and your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Who's going to bring the kingdom here? Who's going to do the will of God? Who's going to bring the will of God from heaven to here? We are. Amen. So God is waiting on you and me to rise up in the power of the Spirit and speak words of faith. I'm driving with my wife a number of years ago. She's driving that old car that was, I don't know, about 20 years of age, and out of my spirit came this faith confession. Sweetheart, I'm going to buy you the best car I can buy you. I know which you like. I'm going to give you the very best, and I'm going to pay cash for it. She said, no, I'm happy. Where are you going to find the money? I didn't have the money. But I had the word. Amen. Lo and behold, a couple of months after that, she was driving her new car. Now she won't let me drive it. I have, I have to have permission to drive it. Years ago, I had a handful of people, about 15 people maybe, and I said to them, out of my spirit came these words of faith. God is going to give us the finest building that we can have and he's going to give it to us debt-free. They looked at me sideways. They thought I'd gone crazy. Pastor, where are you going to find the money? There's only a few of us here. We don't have that kind of money. Now, 25 years ago, it was like asking for 20 million rand today. Some of them thought I was so proud and arrogant. Pastor, why, why, why can't you believe for a shack? Why do you want to believe for this extraordinary? I said, well, that's what God spoke through my spirit, and I kept on saying it. And lo and behold, the building you're sitting in today for years, it's come out of speaking the word of faith. And during the time of testing and believing and trusting God, most of them got offended and they left. They never got to enjoy or see it. Just like the children of Israel, they never saw the promised land even though God promised it to them. You want to see your promised land? You want to experience the blessings of the Lord? You've got to rise up in the power of the Spirit and speak the Word of God over your life. Say what God says about you. Speak the promises of God over your children, over your grandchildren, over your church. What are you saying about your church? Amen? Praise God. God is waiting on us. We are His mouth on the earth, folks, and if we don't speak and say what He says, He has nothing to watch over and nothing to act on. Amen? Jesus said, speak to the mountain and tell it what to do. But what do we do? We talk to God about our mountain. No, God didn't say, talk to me. He said, talk to the mountain. We tell him how sick we are. We tell him how broke we are. We tell him how weak we are. He doesn't want to hear that. He says, let the weak say, do you say? I am strong. Yeah, but I don't feel so strong. Who cares what you feel? We walk by faith and not by sight. I don't look so energetic. Who cares what you look like? Don't say you are weak. And let the poor say. Don't say, how am I going to make ends meet this month? Don't say, I can't pay my tithes this month. Say what God says. Let the poor say, I am rich. And let the weak say, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Amen. Say what God says. Jesus said, tell the mountain what to do. He did. He spoke to the sea. He spoke to the wind. He even spoke to the fig tree and dried it up. Yeah, but that was Jesus. Well, the Bible says we have the same faith. In verse 22, Jesus said of Mark eleven twenty-two, 22, have the God kind of faith. The Greek says, have the faith of God. What do you say to... Yes, Lord, thank you, I'll have it. Thank you very much. That is the kind of faith that God gave us when we received Jesus Christ into our heart. Faith comes by hearing. And this faith is the God kind of faith. It's not human faith. It's not natural faith. It is supernatural faith to believe what you do not see and to believe as real what you do not feel. So... It's not enough just to believe. We're going to have to say, speak to the mountain. Speak to your sickness. Tell it what to do. Speak to your body. Tell it what to do. Don't say, oh, I can't control myself, pastor. Well, if that's what you say, that's exactly what you're going to have. I'm so weak. That's exactly what you're going to have. I'm scared to death. That's exactly what you're going to have. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.13, since we have the same spirit of faith, he didn't say we're going to have it. He says we have it. The same spirit of faith. What same spirit of faith? The God kind of faith. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. When you believe, you can't just say, well, I believe in my heart. I believe inside." True faith has a voice and it speaks. And it speaks loud in the realm of the Spirit. I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. Folks, the the Bible has a lot to say about the value and the importance of words. Words are containers of tremendous power, life-giving power or death-giving power. They're just containers. You fill them with whatever you choose. Amen? They are carriers. That's why when you walk into a place where words were spoken that are negative, that are fearful, that are destructive, immediately you sense the presence there. Words were spoken here. There's an atmosphere. But when you, speak into a, 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 when you speak words of faith, words of love, words of kindness, words of forgiveness, you sense that atmosphere, that presence of God because He's present in His Word. Amen. It is... Listen to what Proverbs 18, verse 20, 21, the importance of words. A man's stomach, or you can translate that as a man's life, shall be satisfied... From the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Do you see that? No, the power of death and life is not in the hands of God. It's in the hands of your tongue. So many people are misguided. Well, if it's my time to go, I'm going. No, I'm not going until I fulfill my purpose. Thank you very much. Some people have spoken their own death prematurely. They didn't know what I'm telling you now. I'm not going to live long. I recall my dad said to the neighbor just before he passed away, he said... Neighbor, I'm not going to live out this winter time. Twenty fifth of January, he fell, he broke his hip, and he died in hospital. A few weeks ago, the neighbor told me that. She said, Your dad walked up, he was walking up, up, the, up the road and he said, uh, Neighbor, I don't see myself making it this I'm not going to live through this winter. There was nothing wrong with him. He was healthy. He was strong. He was walking every day. He was exercising. My dad always walked. And he he had a book and he treated it like a Bible. Anything and everything about his health, what to eat, what not to eat, he was very careful. But the only thing he didn't know is that his words have power. I'm not saying that's the reason, but I can tell you testimony after testimony of men and women who died prematurely because of the words they spoke and they believed those words. And they didn't just speak it once. They didn't just say it once. They've been saying it for months and sometimes for years. One of my favorite preachers was praying for someone before his 40th birthday and said, Lord and he was a pastor as well and the lord said to him no no i'm not going to heal him he said lord why he said he spoke these words and now he's in a coma and the only one he would constantly say i would not live beyond my 40th birthday he said the only one who can undo those words is him you cannot override his his unbelief he died He couldn't pray him out of it. Words are powerful, folks. Get that through your head and in your heart and watch what you say. Amen. Amen. You know that this is how you were born again? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. How can I get born again? I'll just explain it to you. Simplest thing in the world. Amen. I have so much to say, folks, but my time is up. I can show you from the Scriptures, the woman with the issue of blood, very quickly. She constantly said... If I but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She was healed. She touched the hem of his garment. Amen. Do you remember that? You can read it in Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Jairus' faith. He came to the Lord Jesus. He knelt down and he said, Lord, my daughter is at the point of death. Listen, come and lay your hands on her and she will live. What did Jesus do? He did exactly what Jairus said. That's why I say to you, the ministry of Jesus is governed and directed by the words that we speak in faith. Jesus did exactly what Jairus said Jesus would do. Come, lay your hands on her, and she will live. He did, and she lived. She was raised from the dead. Who raised her from the dead? Jesus. But how did Jairus make room for him? By the words he spoke. Amen. That's why I said faith-filled words govern and direct the ministry of Jesus in your life. He doesn't direct it. You do. And you know how the ministry of Satan is directed the same way. Speak his words that are full of fear and doubt and unbelief. And you will have that. Amen? Amen. Praise God. The centurion's faith. Remember, he came to the Lord and said, You're not worthy. I mentioned that to you already in the beginning of my message. Don't come to my house, Lord. I'm not worried. Just speak the word. And what did Jesus do? He spoke the word and he said, Go your way and as you have believed, let it be done unto you. Do you see that? He made room for Jesus. Praise God. And finally, we come to the doubtful generation in the Old Covenant. Numbers chapter 13. Listen. An example of this that you will have exactly what you have been speaking last week, last month, last year, last few years. Listen to what the children of Israel in the desert have spoken. And they didn't just say it once, they said it several times. It is written, here it is. And all the congregation cried out with a loud voice, And they wept, Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 to 4. All the Israelites grumbled and deplored the situation, accusing Moses and Aaron, to whom the whole congregation said, Would that we have died in Egypt. Oh, that we had died in this wilderness. Why does the Lord bring us to this land to fall by the sword? Now, listen to God's response. And God answers in, where is it? Numbers chapter 23, 24, and 28. Tell them, says the Lord, as I live, what you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. Oh, they made lots of room for the destroyer by the word. Every single one of them died in the wilderness, even though the promised land belonged to them. It was theirs by inheritance. They never got to see it. They've never tasted the fruit of it. Only two from that generation made it. And you know who it was? Joshua and Caleb. Why do you think they made it? Well, listen to the words they spoke and you will understand. And Caleb quietened the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. They had another spirit, the Bible says. It was the spirit of faith. They said, we will take it. We will go in. But you know what? The crowd sided with a majority, just like they do today. Majority, majority. You will have what the majority wants. Amen? Amen. And they died before they ever saw the goodness of God. The Bible says everything that was written was written for our edification, for our comfort and our example. Don't do the same, folks. That's why, finally, I'm closing with this. David prayed such a powerful and a wise prayer. In Psalm 141, verse 3, he says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And we should be praying that same prayer every day. Lord, Set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Why? Because Proverbs 21, 23 says, He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from troubles. You don't want any trouble in your life? Keep your tongue. Keep your mouth. Watch over your, watch over the words you speak. Proverbs twenty-one again, uh, thirteen, verse three: He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. In fact, James says that the tongue is the most dangerous part of our body. You know why? He says the tongue is a fire. And it can corrupt the entire body with a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. James chapter 3, verse 6. The smallest member of our body is the most destructive and the most dangerous one. Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you for the teaching of your word. How we love your word, dear Lord. Why? Because the entrance of your word brings light and it gives understanding to the simple. May your word penetrate deep inside our minds and our hearts and may your word keep a guard and a watch over our mouths. May the words that we speak offer life and health and blessing not only to ourselves, Father, but to everyone around us. We thank You for giving us Your precious Word. May we realize the value of it and speak it in faith through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at AlphaOmegaINT.org dot ZA.